It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Episode 113 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. For another week of Knicks and NBA talk. I've kind of gotten over the jet lag. I feel feel fresher this week to talk to you more about the offseason news surrounding the Knickerbockers and the rest of the NBA. few topics that are definitely... I don't know what the right word is. It's... it's, it's <laughs> They've stood out more, the phrase, I guess, would be this week, than others. We'll get to a little bit of the uh, of some stuff with the Knicks uh, and the Nerlens Noel situation as well. Uh, I, I think that is definitely the top priority on the Knicks front this week. We'll dive into the current lawsuit that has been filed by Nerlens Noel uh, against former agent Rich Paul. We'll definitely touch a lot on that this week. We will also touch on just a few other Knicks headlines uh, as well, including what people think of what the Knicks have done this offseason, and also uh, a former Nick with a little bit of a career update as well. And we also get an injury update from a Nick as well. We'll get to that in a little bit, uh, and we'll also touch on some of the NBA news, a couple headlines from the NBA as well, including a Damian Lillard update. So there's a lot of you know headlines to get to, some some big time Knicks stories as well. I, I did have you know, a couple requests to to touch on the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor situation that has unfolded at ESPN. Um I, I don't really know where to start. I mean it's a Knicks podcast, so I guess I'll start with Nerland's Noel. I think that's probably after kind of going around about all the topics we might touch on this week is for this has been, you know, just to kind of break it down a little bit, give you a little bit of a behind the curtain thing. This is a tough part of the off season for news. There's not a ton normally going on during the end of August, early September. Most of the time, um, this is where a lot of people are starting to find out what's going on with their quarterbacks. So they want to know, you know, how their baseball team's doing as we get to the month of September and, and things like that. That that that's normally, and, and college football, especially if you're if you're in a market like that, whether you're in the southeast or the Midwest or all the way out west, uh, or just Texas, um, <laughs> you normally are focused on your college football. Um, so sometimes the NBA news kind of gets lost in the shuffle 
But this is a this is a rare week where there's a lot of just weird out there kind of news. Uh, it's all over the place this week, and and that's kind of where I wanted to start because I'm going to be hopping around a lot to different stories that don't really link with each other. It's one of those weird weeks where the news is all over the place. It really is. Every uh, you know piece we touch on, or I should say, every news and note we touch on this week is really nowhere near what the previous one was it feels like so it's it's disjointed this week the news is all over the place we can't really control that but we soldier on we start off with the nerland's noel news and and it's it's a bit of a uh, one that kind of came out of nowhere nerland's noel just to kind of put it simply is suing rich paul and, and clutch sports and he claims $58 $58 million of loss in potential salary. Um, filed it on Monday, and he claimed he lost, Nerland's Noel did, $58 million uh, while he was being represented by Paul between 2017 and 2020. So that's kind of one of the misleading things about some of the headlines. Because Nerland's Noel just re-signed with the Knicks, I think some people thought, was that this offseason, the 58 and, and all that? It was over a three-year period from 2017 to 2020 while Rich Paul and Clutch Sports represented Nerland's Noel. And Clutch recently filed a grievance with the NBA claiming that Nerland's Noel hadn't paid $200,000 in commission on his previous one-year contract with the Knicks. And that's according to ESPN. Um, basically Noel's claiming breach of fiduciary duty, breach of contract and negligence. The lawsuit apparently doesn't cite a specific amount of damages, but asks for actual and punitive relief. Again, that's all according to ESPN. Uh, the lawsuit uh, as ESPN continues here with their report, was filed in Dallas, in uh, Dallas County, I should say, in Texas. And apparently it's all revolving around a 2017 in July decision when Nerlens Noel became an unrestricted free agent with the Mavericks. And he was traded there midway through the season, through the previous season, I should say, from the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Nerlens Noel then uh, was represented by a different agent in 2017. And that agent's name, and this is, again, according to ESPN, Happy Walters is his name. Um, Basically, Noel claims he was offered four years, $70 million by the Mavericks. Um, That's backed up by multiple sources that summer in the media. Um, Basically... During that free agency process, when he was being offered that deal, he fired Walters and then hired Rich Paul after they met at Ben Simmons' birthday party in Los Angeles. Again, this is all according to ESPN. Um, Paul represents Simmons. He represents LeBron James. He's a big-time agent. Uh, Paul advised him, according to Noel, to not take that deal. And accept a one-year deal so he can be an unrestricted free agent the following year when Paul said Noel could get a more lucrative contract. So Noel turns the deal down and signs a one-year qualifying offer for $4.1 million. 
That's the next season during that one-year contract. Noel broke his thumb, missed 42 games. His numbers weren't good. He didn't re-sign with Dallas. He played two seasons with OKC, and he made the league minimum. And over the two seasons, he made under $4 million, just about $3.7 million. And then last season with the Knicks, he made $5 million. And Noel remained with Paul for all of those contracts. Uh, from the Dallas, the end of his Dallas days to OKC to the Knicks, Rich Paul was his agent. This offseason, when, when Nerlens Noel signed this bigger deal, uh, which is three years, uh, guarantees him $27.7 million and another $4.1 million in possible incentives, George Langberg, his new agent, negotiated that deal. So basically what Noel is claiming, again, this is all from ESPN, is that three-year stretch... Mavs, OKC, Knicks with Rich Paul, he could have made an extra $58 million. And to be fair, based on multiple reports, not just from this report, but from reports of past years with offers thrown Noel's way, that is about right, it seems like. Um, however, there's other, I'm sure there's other mumbo-jumbo jargon that's in there that, that I don't fully understand that could maybe get rich Paul out of this. I don't know, but clearly Nerland's Noel got a much better deal. Although it is still pretty team uh, friendly for the Knicks, but it's a, it's, he gets a lot more money. And to be fair, he, he's earned that, right? He, he was hurt during some of those years in OKC and with Dallas a little bit specifically uh, with Dallas so that never helps anybody's contract negotiations. That, that, that's fair. But he gets a huge deal with the Knicks. Now, again, you could say, well, he earned that. He had a great season with the Knicks. Well, he earned that four-year deal or that three-year deal, I should say, with Dallas. And Rich Paul told him, don't take it. And it backfired. So I guess it's... But then injuries happen. It's a difficult thing. This is a very inside-the-business kind of... A story, you know, stuff that goes on between agents and players, teams, agents and players, and then teams and agents, and, and that relationship and the negotiations that go on that make the free agency period uh, so interesting. Essentially, that's all we know about this. Um, it, it's I feel bad, you know, because you obviously want players who have earned their money to get paid. But there's other things that go on in the business. And, and to be fair, I'm pleading some ignorance here on this because there's, uh, there's sure a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into these contracts and there's a lot of things that go into these negotiations and handshake deals and non-handshake deals and unwritten rules, I'm sure, as well, etiquette in the boardroom. A, a lot of stuff that we don't know about that doesn't see the light of day. So I'm only commenting on what we know about this situation and I, I tend to sympathize with players over agents. I tend to sympathize probably uh, with, with, with players the most out of this three-way exchange, team, agent, and player. Um, the agents are obviously trying to do what the, the best they can for their clients, uh, but sometimes agents don't know what is best for their clients. I think that's number one. I think number two is the teams are trying to do whatever they can to save money and have the best team as well. So there's that to consider in this conversation as well. 
then I think you also look at the fact that players have egos. And I, I think it's one of those things where uh, they will sometimes forget parts of the process and only highlight certain things so they'll get more money, which is, which is within their right to do. So I'm, I'm just trying to, basically what I'm trying to do is cover all the bases here with, there's a lot of people that could be at fault for why Nerlens Noel is making this lawsuit, right? A lot of people could have made mistakes here. However, it seems like Nerlens Noel has a case. <laughs> I mean, uh, specifically for the first point, which is that he was offered a, a pretty good contract one that he had earned, and he was told to not take the contract and risk it. Um, however, you can then say, well, agent gave, a ba- gave bad advice. What's, what's to see here? That happens. So it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky situation because you feel bad for Nerland's Noel, but that's the NBA. You look at Rich Paul. He's trying to do his job. Did he make a mistake? Yeah, maybe. But if Nerland's Noel stays healthy, maybe he would have gotten a lucrative contract. We'll never know. Um, or was he doing it knowingly and made a huge mistake? I I don't know. I don't know. He couldn't know the injury, but you know, sometimes you got to take the money now and and Rich Paul made a mistake, but is, but should he be punished for that? I, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. And I think there's a lot here. We don't know enough about to, to comment further than that. I think that's all I could really say about it because anything else I'd be saying at this point would be speculation. And I don't want to do that on something where we don't have a ton of info besides the numbers and a little bit of reports about negotiations and things like that. So that's all I'll say on this topic. Uh, If you guys want to give me a penny for your thoughts in the comments or on my Twitter account at SJ7, feel free to do so. Uh, This is clearly one of those things where this is the business side of the NBA and uh, just an odd story in in some ways. And uh, we'll see what happens as the lawsuit moves forward. I I guess as a fan, I just hope that Nerland's Noel is is able to, you know, stay focused and and continue to to do what he's got to do because he's got a he's he's stable. He's got a good contract now that's going to pay him a lot of money to be on a team that's going to be competitive potentially for an Eastern Conference championship this season, hopefully. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I I think for the time being, we'll just have to let this one play out and see what happens moving forward because we only have a certain amount of the information and there's some stuff that, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable commenting on further than that just because of the simple fact that, um, you know, I think it comes back down to the fact that, you know, you got to know all the info. And we don't. So, again, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But for now, we'll let that one play itself out. Uh, a couple more Knicks headlines. Uh, Kemba Walker came out earlier this week uh, per Mark Berman of the New York Post and talked about his health. Says he feels great. His knee feels great. He hasn't been playing much, he said, uh, since the regular season. But he feels really good. Haven't had this much time off in a while, he said, in a few years, to be honest. It feels good to have this rest and time to get my knee right. And he said, added on to that by saying, quote, I intend to come in feeling super good and continue to feel super good. Um, This is great. Obviously, you know, the knee injury could pop up again during the season, um, but it's great to... uh, 
to hear that from Kemba Walker. Obviously, I think Mark Bourbon, though, also mentions that uh, that he's possibly suffering from arthritis in his knee. Um, there's actually a, a doctor quoted in the Mark Berman Post, uh, New York Post article, I should say. And it's Dr. Wellington Hsu. Apologies if I mispronounced the last name. He's a professor for orthopedic surgery at Northwestern University. Um, and he said, quote, he's not a spring chicken. He'll have some type of lingering issue. So again, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but it's, you know, you want to start it out as, as well as you can health wise. And it's good to see that Kemba Walker is doing that. He obviously averaged 19 points four rebounds, almost five assists per game last season. Um, those numbers weren't as good in the playoffs. Um, and Kevin Walker insisted the knee injury wasn't, uh, an issue or didn't hinder his progress. Uh, said last year, it really was feeling good. And he just said that he's, he just didn't play as well in the playoffs. So we'll see. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be very, ish, uh, very interesting to see what happens. Uh, clearly Campbell Walker, uh, you know, he gave up a lot of money to, you know, get the buyout from OKC. Um, and he's going to come to the Knicks and possibly make a big impact on this team. And you want him to be healthy. So it's obviously worth watching as the season goes on, but it's, you know, good to see at the moment that he's in high spirits and he's feeling good about his body. And, and we'll now wait to see what happens with that as we move forward during the off season as well. Um, I, I think that, you know, first of all, it's been great to see like Evan Fournier already getting into it on social media and, and things of that nature and, and, you know, likening himself to the Knicks fans and the family and, and the team and the city. I think that's great as well. Obviously, Kemba's a New York kid. Um, and, and, I, and it's great to see that he's in high spirits. I think his family was really happy at the introductory press conference. You could tell that was a big deal for them and for him. And then, you know, it's great to see that he's in good spirits, feels healthy, and an area that's been lingering at times during his career at the moment feels good. So we'll see. You know, it's, again, another thing to keep in mind as the season goes on, but I I think it's a a positive sign so far at the start for the Knicks. So, again, another one where we'll, you know, we'll see how it develops. We'll see how he looks in the preseason and uh, we'll see how the Knicks look in the preseason. I'm looking forward to that. Preseason's coming up. We'll start breaking down some of that as the shows go by, as we get closer and closer to the start of the NBA season. One last quick Knicks note to finish off the first half of the show, and it's an update on Ron Baker, uh, former Knicks guard. Knicks signed him as an undrafted free agent in 2016 out of Wichita State. He obviously signed a two-year contract, made, I believe, around $9 million with the Knicks as well. Um, didn't last with the Knicks throughout that deal and uh, ended up not being in the NBA much longer after that. And then, uh, according to the Wichita Business Journal, again, Ron Baker's a big deal in Wichita, Kansas, of course, because of his college days. They went to a Final Four, by the way when Ron Baker and Fred Van Fleet and I believe Clee Anthony Early were there. So 
they're all big deals in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I believe that they were also the same team uh, that went undefeated in the regular season uh, a few, uh, actually like seven years ago now, I think 2014, 2013, something like that. Um, they went 35-0, and something like that, and then they lost to Kentucky in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So it's one of, the, one of those things. You know, he, he's built up a legend in basketball. He made it to the NBA, made millions in the NBA, played in a big market with the Knicks. Uh, but according to the Wichita Business Journal and multiple sources, uh, injuries have forced Ron Baker to retire early. From his professional career. And I think there was a little bit of a sense that he might try to come back. But apparently Baker's been hired as a project manager at Ascension uh, via uh, Christie's strategy and business development department. Aroli says combines several passions, healthcare business, and his desire to impact the community. Um, and he begins on August 30th. So I really wanted to bring that up uh, for two reasons. One, uh, best of luck to Ron Baker. He was one of the guys that kind of trudged through some of the bad days with the Knicks um, as well. Uh, but also number two, I, I got to work briefly with Ron Baker uh, while I was an MSG um, production assistant uh, just out of college. And uh, he was a great guy. Really fun to work with. Uh, one of the many good guys from the Knicks team that we got to work with uh, during my two seasons there. And uh, it was a really fun experience. Um, he did a lot of content with MSG. Uh, you know, experiencing the city and comparing it to where he came from in Wichita. Uh, I think that was some of the better stuff that MSG did that season. So I, I give him a ton of credit. He was a very professional, very nice guy. Um, like many of those Knicks players were, but I just wanted to give him a special shout out a little bit just because I had the chance to to do a little bit of work uh, helping to put those pieces together. And uh, and Ron Baker was definitely one of the good guys. So I hope he's doing all right. I hope him and his family are well. And um, hopefully he will be able to uh, to move on and continue to have a, a solid career after basketball. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to... Um, to do his thing. I think he was with Siska Moscow, I believe, 2019-2020. Um, he's 28 years old, and he is retiring from the uh, from the basketball landscape. So best best wishes to former Nick. And Wichita State great. Ron Baker, hope he's doing well, and hope he does well with the new gig. Also, uh, that's going to do it for the first half of the show. We'll take a break here. More NBA headlines... And I'll touch a little bit on that Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor story after this on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, let's let's roll through, I should say, a couple of NBA headlines at the start of the second half of the show. First news comes out of Milwaukee, the current home of the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Mike Budenholzer has landed a contract extension. This happened just hours before I started recording the podcast. Um, Obviously, Budenholzer, you know, has come under fire in recent years, but has finally won an NBA championship. He has silenced 
some of the doubters as well, and he has been rewarded. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN has reported that Budenholzer has agreed to a three-year contract extension. The financial side of the deal is not public at this moment. Uh, the Bucks plan to have Budenholzer running the team through the 2024-2025 season. So congratulations to him. I, I think Mike Budenholzer, um, when you look at him, I, I think, honestly, I think Stan Van Gundy uh, said it best. I think he was on uh, either Stu Gotz's podcast or the Levitard Show podcast, one of those. Um, I'm a big fan of their show. Um and he said basically that Mike Budholzer was always a good coach, but now it's going to be illuminated more because he's won a title. And I think that happens a lot in the NBA and in sports in general. You're good, uh, but nobody gives you the credit for that until you win something. So I, now that Budenholzer is a champion coach, he'll get that respect that I think has been warranted. And he obviously is not going to get some of the finance and the security, job security that has been warranted as well because... He's had like 65 win teams where people have been calling for him to get fired. So, uh, which is a little outrageous, uh, even by NBA standards. So it's great to see uh, a coach of his caliber getting rewarded for the success because, you know, I think some people scratch their heads sometimes. And to be fair, I've been one of those guys in the past. When you see guys get contracts or chances and things like that, as far as coaching, and you're not sure if they deserve it kind of a thing. And and Mike Budenholzer was one of the guys that was con- consistently ridiculed at times with the Bucs. You know, he's the guy that can do it in the regular season, but in the playoffs, never makes adjustments. He's not good enough. They're not going to they're, they're going to need another coach to get this team over the hump. Are they going to get that coach in time or is Giannis going to leave and then what's the next coach going to look like? Th- those are a lot of the talking points around the Bucs and and to see that you know, it obviously came together for them at Phoenix's expense. And now this team will probably be together for at least three more years under Mike Budenholzer, most likely. And and then we'll see what happens with the Bucks after that. Obviously, this team will want to defend its title. It's not going to be easy. The East is very deep now. And the West is very difficult. So we'll see. Uh, the, the Bucks didn't really strengthen a ton. Obviously, that's the tough part about the NBA. A lot of times, defending champions don't strengthen. Um, So you're getting basically the same team that you saw the year before, which means teams can adjust, and it's a lot of times not good enough, which is why repeating is very, very difficult in the NBA. Uh, I don't believe it has happened since the Lakers did it, uh, Kobe's last two times, 09 and 2010. Actually... Correction: The Heat won back-to-back titles. Forget, forgive me with the uh, with the big three uh, in Miami, the LeBron, Wade, and Bosch teams. They beat the Thunder, and then they beat the Spurs, I believe. So, um, but again, it doesn't happen a lot in the grand scheme of things. And I'll double check that, but I believe that's the last time a team has gone back to back. So. It's not easy to do. Um, oh my God. I I need to take a huge mulligan here. Yikes. Golden State went back to back in 2017, 2018. I'm going to blame the pandemic on that one because that one is, that's fried my brain. Because the last, the last three seasons, it felt like six because of the pandemic. 
That's a, I'll, I gotta take the L out that one. Yikes. Yeah. Golden State went back to back. They actually won three out of four, uh, 20, 2015, then 2017, 2018, and then Miami before that. Yikes. Oh my goodness. You can roast, feel free to roast me on that one. Oh my God. That's very poor on my part there. Um, so it actually has happened three times in the last decade. Um, so I, I totally mischaracterized that. However, it's still difficult to do because that Golden State team strengthened by adding Kevin Durant. The Miami Heat team uh, did not strengthen, but they were able to beat the Spurs. You know, they got lucky with the Ray Allen shot, but they won. It's not easy to do. So what I'm trying to say is teams that don't strengthen, it doesn't happen very often with champions in the NBA. It's very difficult to repeat. So we'll have to wait and see how it goes but uh for the time being um the bucks will be one of the favorites and we will see if they can repeat and i and i will repeat as well you can roast me on that one that was a just an awful job by me remembering dynasties in the nba but to be fair the pandemic (laughs) yikes makes you feel like the last six years uh the last three years were six years so it's one of those things but um still the point remains not easy to repeat i don't know if the bucks will be able to pull it off however mike budenholzer thoroughly deserves that contract extension that he has been rewarded for during this off season um obviously a little bit of laker news as well with dwight howard talking about how excited he's he is to return to los angeles for another stint with the lakers um, you know, it's, it's definitely a move that makes sense for the Lakers just because of the fact that they need depth behind Anthony Davis. I think that's pretty clear when they won the title, Dwight Howard played pretty big minutes. I think there were times where Dwight was on the floor where the Lakers played a bigger lineup and they were difficult to deal with. I, I think that's definitely worth noting. I think this is an under the radar move and it's his third stint now, obviously with LA and, and Dwight Howard won a title in the bubble with the Lakers in 2020 by beating the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. But listen, I, I think that it's, you know, it's it becomes a more star-studded roster, if that's even possible. Uh, let me just double-check. The, the Laker roster now is just, I mean, who isn't on this team? There's so many stars now on this Laker roster. And again, that's saying something. Like, there was, you know a lot of star power on that 2020 championship team. The last year's team had some star power on it as well, despite losing in the first round. But look who's on this team. You've got Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, and and forget about game just for a second. I'm just talking name. So LA's, you know, it's a battle of the star-studded teams, Lakers, Clippers. The Lakers have got a heck of a star-studded team just based on name here and game, but... Just talking name here specifically. Mello, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, Anthony Davis, Marcus Saul, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, Wesley Matthews, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook. That's a lot of names. That's a lot of name. And to be fair, a lot of game. But that's, my gosh, man. That is just a lot of a lot of star power 
on that team. A lot of big personalities on that team as well. And I think the Laker fans would have it no other way. They wouldn't have it any other way, that the, the L.A. fans. So it's going to be another interesting season in Tinseltown for sure. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together for the Lakers and the Clippers, but, but specifically the Lakers with all of these uh, new additions, Mello, Dwight, Howard, Russell, Westbrook. And we'll see. They're going for it. We're, they're going for it. And they needed some depth in the front court, and Dwight Howard can certainly provide some of that, like he did potentially uh, for this season, but also in 2020 when he was on that NBA championship team. So we'll see how that is going. Um, one last NBA storyline to get to, and then I will touch a little bit on the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor kind of situation here with the jump and ESPN and the NBA coverage as well. Um, Damian Lillard, it seems like he's getting a little frustrated now with with some of the circulation uh, and speculation about his NBA status as far as where he's going to play next. Uh, He obviously said publicly denying a report that he requested to be traded about a month ago. And he said in an interview with The Athletic, quote, you get to a position where it's like, do I defend myself or do I just say nothing? For me, when I'm just hearing stuff that's not the facts, I'm going to say I didn't say that. He went on to say, some things I've just got to let it be said. I know what the truth is. I know where I stand. It's not my duty to make the public know. It's not my job to make them aware of what it is. I let people talk and I just say, stay true to who I am and I stand on that. If I say something, I stand on what I said. It is what it is at this point, end quote. There still isn't a lot of movement on the Damian Lillard stuff here. Um, CJ McCollum, the only other thing that I'll mention is that he said on the uh, Woj pod with Adrian Wojnarowski, quote, his goal is to win a championship, but he's all in. At this stage, I can say he's all in, end quote. Damian Lillard on Instagram live as well, that he's not leaving PDX, not right now, at least end quote. Um, PDX of course, I believe is the symbol for the Portland international airport. So for now, uh, Damian Lillard is going to be a blazer. And I think that he's a little frustrated, I guess that other people are still speculating about his, potential move somewhere else can the Knicks have been out there a little bit the Sixers I think are probably more likely at this point the only thing I'll say is uh I wouldn't say this is case closed it's the NBA things can happen trades can still be made if the price is right we will see um this doesn't look and I said this last week and I think I even may have said it the the week before on our Dame Lillard watch, Dame Dollar watch. Um, he just, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I've kind of had that feeling for a couple of weeks. There just hasn't really been enough movement on this story to really feel like it's going to happen. And I feel like there'd be more teams involved if it was likely to happen. I feel like we would have heard more teams getting involved if a trade was close to happening. We've only really heard one team legitimately get involved and then a rumor about the Knicks, and that team is the Sixers because of Ben Simmons. So for right now, I think it's safe to say that 
2021-2022, Damian Lillard is going to be a Portland Trailblazer. That could change. But for right now, I, th- I, I think you can go on what he said and, and, and some of the reports and lack thereof in some regard as far as the lack of trade partners for Portland. Then he's, it's going to stay that way for now, and, and the Blazers will stay competitive in the, in the West, but we'll have to wait and see how far they can actually go in the playoffs because this is just a deep as F Western Conference, man. And the Blazers, who were a team that was challenging for conference titles with multiple uh, teams a few years ago. Um, They don't seem like they're on the pace right now. Um, I really don't think so. I ranked my top five teams in the East and the West last week. I I just don't think that Portland is anywhere near that conversation right now. I think they're probably the sixth, maybe even seventh best team in the West right now, even if Damian Lillard stays. So that's not great, obviously. Um, but because Golden State's back in the mix and Dallas is going to be better and Denver's going to be better, it's hard to put them ahead of any one of those teams when Portland really hasn't improved during the offseason. And I think the, you know, the I'm not leaving PDX right now would indicate that I think Damian Lillard at some point would like to leave and go play for a championship caliber team because I think he is starting to realize that that's not going to happen in Portland. That's my two cents on the take. And I, I, I think that it's uh, it's got to be rough right now because Damian Lillard's a top five player in the NBA. I think that that's pretty solidified right now. I, I think you have to put him in that conversation. And um, he doesn't have the team around him to make a deep run. I think that's pretty safe to say. So they're always a dark horse in the West. They always have been and they will always be while Damian Lillard is there, but there's just not enough around to make it legitimate as far as a title uh, uh, ascension, if you will. And now Melo's in LA, by the way, so you don't even have him to kind of be a third wheel or fourth wheel along with the core of that team, which is obviously led by Lillard and CJ McCollum. So... Difficult times for the for the Blazer Nation out there in Portland, but uh, for now you'll at least get Damian Lillard for another season, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Let me wrap up the show with, with just a brief couple of takes on the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor, ESPN debacle that has occurred. Um, this was just... Uh, I think this just happened last night or late afternoon, early evening, sometime yesterday. Uh, I got bombarded by uh, alerts that Rachel Nichols and, uh, well, not, you know, basically what happened is Rachel Nichols has been taken off of NBA coverage on ESPN and the jump that that show uh, that's kind of in the middle of the day, weekdays, is also gone. Um, I... just a quick two cents on the jump. I never watched the jump. I don't know anybody that's an NBA fan that does. If you do, um, okay. I, I, I was never, I'm never a huge fan of the show. Um, I don't think it really, I feel like it, it almost like panders a little bit to like social media stuff. And I don't think that, I mean, that's part of the NBA, but that's not really like fun. I feel like, I feel like it's just kind of like, content that's trying to make it entertaining it's not really that entertaining in some regard 
I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like the jump just kind of missed the mark at times with some of the content they were trying to push out there, and it kind of became became like a poor man's. It almost became like an NBA version of first take, and it wasn't that good, in my opinion. Um, which I think is a little bit of a problem with ESPN's content at the moment. But just kind of going back to the subject at hand here with Rachel Nichols, I, I think I think you know ESPN really mishandled two really strong broadcasting talents here. I think Maria Taylor um, is one of the best when it comes to you know college football, NBA coverage. She's now at NBC and and is going to get great opportunities there, and, and rightfully so. And I, and I think Rachel Nichols is, I mean, I remember Rachel Nichols um, from when I was a kid, you know, watching NBA coverage and, and she was all over it. So it, it's a shame that, you know, ESPN loses two big time talents in the span of what, two weeks, three weeks uh, because of a, you know, mishandling of a contract or two, basically. And I think ESPN's NBA coverage is going to suffer significantly because of it. To be fair, I, I, I'm more likely to watch inside the NBA than I am to watch any of ESPN's pre- and post-game content. I think it's, it's by a country mile that inside the NBA on TNT is light years ahead as far as entertainment, knowledge, content, and creativity than ESPN is uh, in this particular regard. Um, ESPN does a lot of things well when it comes to shows and content. Um, but this is another time where they've, they've kind of mismanaged things. Um, I just was listening to, um, again, the Dan Lebitard show and, uh, you know, uh, sorry, people like Amin El Hassan uh, and Jamel Hill, who were in that NBA environment came on to talk about how ESPN panics a lot of times when making these kind of decisions for a multitude of different reasons. They want to look good on all different fronts and they clearly, uh, you know, messed up here when it came to Maria Taylor and when it came to the contract and abiding by the contract of Rachel Nichols. Um, I hate to put blame on the talent here and I'm not going to do that because it just, it feels like it was kind of out of their hands from what I've been reading and, and people's different takes on it. This, this feels like solely on ESPN. Here for kind of dropping the ball and promising something to Rachel Nichols, which is hosting NBA countdown during the NBA finals and then not giving it to her and then giving it to Maria Taylor, who was clearly deserving, but then putting her under uh, immense pressure and in, in a situation that she didn't deserve to be in, which is being under fire from another employee and not being happy and that being forced to be a bad relationship. So anyway, I've looked at it. Uh, I always come back to, well, why didn't ESPN do better here, basically? And uh, I feel bad for both Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols because they don't look great in the media here, uh, at least about this particular situation. They're going to be fine, I think, as far as their jobs. Like anyone would hire them, and Maria Taylor's already at NBC doing great, and I'm sure Rachel Nichols will find a job. She should be finding a job. She's one of the best. Um, but... I just feel like uh, this this is an, another of the latest examples of ESPN kind of dropping the ball publicly here and really losing the PR battle. So we'll see. I, in the end, in the end, right? I just hope that things work out at NBC for Rachel. Uh, sorry for Maria Taylor, and that things work out moving forward for 
for Rachel Nichols, but we'll see uh, how that situation unfolds. That's been, that's been the theme of the show. We'll see. But uh, that's, that's my two cents on that situation. Guys, thank you so much as always for listening to the show. Um, hope you guys have a great week. Next week, we'll talk more Knicks. We'll talk a little preseason. We'll talk some NBA news and notes as well. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.